To all the ladies, gentlemen, freaks, fairies, and Jedi, I am your whimsical wizard of love, David Amaya, and I want to welcome you all to the Let It Bleed podcast. Here with me is a verified voodoo vaquero who goes by the name of Phil Arroyo. Abracadabra, bitches. Welcome to the Maiden Voyage of the Let It Bleed podcast. We're here to spread love, creativity, and good conversation. Our sponsor today is Balrogs and Bleach. Your wizard robe's looking a little gray? Whiten that shit up with Balrogs and Bleach. Available at your local Hobbit hole and Target. So we are completely new to the technical aspects of recording a podcast, and as you'd expect, we fucked up a little bit. We lost the audio from my mic early on, but we salvaged what we could from other mics. So we want to apologize up front for the sound quality being a little shitty. But regardless, we couldn't have asked for a better flow of conversation, and we want to thank our engineer Conrad, who had a hell of a lot of insight. We felt that it was a great intro to all of our personalities, and we hope that you could take away something great from this show. We don't want to waste any more of your time, so lastly, check us out on all of our social media. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and SoundCloud. You can find us at Let It Bleed Cast, all one word. And you can find me on Instagram, handle at HoodRatStuff with three Fs. And I'm at PhilNobodyCares on Twitter. Then you can reverse that to find me on Instagram, at NobodyCaresPhil. You got it. Whatever happened to that guy? Fucking Cat Williams. Isn't he like in jail or some shit? Cat Williams, I feel like he's trying to make a comeback now. I feel he just like started he started doing spots at the store again of what I was hearing. Did he? Because yeah. I thought he was like either in jail or like somewhere because he the last thing I saw of that guy was he was like wrestling with the fucking seventh the grader on crack. Or yeah, like, yeah, there was a video of this dude like fucking no re- like this was a couple like a, at least a year, maybe two years ago. Like dude lost his mind. He was wrestling, like fighting with like a fucking like, like trying to hold on to this guy, and the guy was like choking him out. It was, it was like a fourteen-year-old kid, and it was like a, it was at like a school somewhere. I don't he know. He was a seventh grader, from what I believe. Because yeah, I was just at um, I was just doing a spot uh, at an open mic the other day, and somebody had not. We were talking about Cat Williams, and somebody had not heard about that video, and so we pulled it up again. And I got to watch it in all of its glory one more time, and yeah, the kid looks thirteen, fourteen, and he. That's nuts. Yeah, well, Cat, he started it. You know, he totally starts it in the video. You see that. And then he throws the first punch or something. I oh, fuck. I just saw it the other day and I don't remember yeah, yeah. exactly. But uh, he throws that first punch and then the kid just starts whooping on him. And then I think gets him in a, ch- in a headlock and then, you know, brings him to the ground. And he's just all choking out, like all pissed off and angry and do his little rah, rah, thing. But I had, I had heard somewhere, and I, I mean, obviously it's all hearsay, that the dude was just doing a lot of crack and stuff, like at that point, you know, and, and maybe he was just, I mean, because he definitely is one of those comedians that like has a very short lifespan because he's a gimmick that's not mm-hmm. going to like remain, in, you know, relevant. It's, it's like, yeah, we get it. You're that, like, and then now you show your true colors that you're not like that all the time and you go and do your little special and you try to get all serious right. and dark and you're like, Oh, this every comic has a dark side. It was like, man, this, you just made this not even entertaining. <laughs> this and I'm like, this is not even fun. Uh, like, this is this is fucking lame. But you know, once you get past your two specials, where you pretty much do the same thing, and, that, and that's kind of how I feel a little bit about Kevin Hart too. Like mm-hmm. when you know, a lot of people still really, really like him because he's you know he's, he's entertaining. But like when I saw him live, he definitely didn't do it for me the way that I, 
lot of other comedians do um, when I go see them at you know the improv. Or... Well, Kevin is very broad, you know, and he does these like these act out things, you know, and he's got these recurring characters and these bits, and it's like something that everybody can really appreciate, you know, like. Yeah doesn't matter if you really relate to that or not like it's not like not a very heady thing it's 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 the i don't want to say it's the the the, the adele of of fucking comedy you know oh it's an act yeah i saw him like right before i went and saw joe coy and a couple weeks because a couple weeks after that i saw joe coy with my friend and that dude's just like a funny dude joe coy is a comics comic like yeah he's just like a funny guy like he you could totally tell it wasn't an actor scripted he's just going up there and talking about whatever he sees and what comes to his mind like he was totally ragging on his DJ who happened to be related to like uh, his mo mom's friend or something, you know? And it was just like, he would like be telling something or just talking and then all of a sudden he'd look over and you could tell it was genuine that he would just see this guy and just like, sort of like busting right. up like, you know, and he was like, dude, the only reason this guy is here and has this job is because like my mom was going to give me shit because it, <laughs> and it was just funny like how he laughs at his own jokes too. He's like super like... Yeah. He just, he's like a, a guy that you just want to laugh with. It's contagious. So, I don't know. I kind of like guys like that, like, that, that just kill it and stand up where, you know, with the whole Kevin Hart thing, he was like, oh, and they came out, like, you make sure that, you know, this is brand new material and don't record anything, which obviously, like, you know, I understand not to do that, but yeah. it, it just seemed like there was too much buildup for very... You can't, you can't live up to that hype, unfortunately, you know, but he has transcended comedy in a way that I think that nobody's done before. He's literally the biggest comic ever. And I think that's, I think that's mostly to do with kind of this comedy renaissance that we're having right now and that comedy's bigger than it's ever been. And it's, it's provided this avenue for somebody like Kevin to come in and blow up and sell more tickets and more albums than, than anybody ever has before. Does that make him the best? No. I don't think so. Well, that could be said, you know, like, that, that has to do with uh, just how, like, I mean, that's like saying Justin Bieber is actually better than the Beatles because, you know. <laughs> that's exactly it. That is exactly it. Yeah. It's, it's, it is. He's Justin Bieber. Without like, the controversy. Like, Dane Cook fits into that category of being, like, of all time. Like, and same height. The yeah. most selling out, like, uh, or the, the most sold out arenas and stuff. But yeah. did I think it was as funny as, like, you know, other people? And, and, and then, again, you're always going to have older comics and comics who like and were inspired by other comics. So I look back and I'm like, ah, I don't know, man. I think you guys had a soft spot for that guy because you really liked him. But he was dope. But it wasn't like, you know, like, you hear Joe Rogan talking about, you know, um, Sam Kinison. And, uh... You know, comedy doesn't hold up very well, no, you know? It really, it really doesn't. Like, he's, like, saying the jokes, and he's, like, you know, reminiscing of, like, what actually was really, like, that made him laugh so much as a kid. And you're like, dude, Joe, I love you, but, like, I, I don't think that that was that funny. Like, especially yeah. when you're redoing it, you know, maybe it's just a different time. Well, I mean, Kinnison to somebody like Joe is probably, you know, old school Nickelodeon to somebody from our generation who really thinks about those with, you know, these real rose-tinted glasses. And I don't know if you've ever gone back and looked at all that or something like that okay. but oh it's fucking horrible <laughs> oh my god it's just a bunch of 14 year olds just screaming and thinking yeah. that was funny it's yeah. really bad yeah. <laughs> I mean, even joe himself like you know i love him and listening to him in his podcast more than anything and as a comic i think the last uh special that he did was actually pretty funny and entertaining but i've never found them to be funny because I've just found him to be so fucking smart and interesting. Like I've like always just found so much truth to what he says to where it's not really like that, that, that funny. It's just like, damn, like it's more like what Carlin was like. Carlin was just one of the fucking most brilliant talkers and he, he could just reach a crowd and he, he had like funny parts, but mm -hmm. it was more like, 
wow, I'm mind blown. I'm not laughing. Right. For me, you know, you need uh, like a mix between somebody who can talk about like general ideas that are pretty funny. And for me, it's like the, the more, uh, the less trite that you are, the more just original you are, even if it's really silly, but you just, your delivery is awesome. Then, then that's great. Like I like Aziz. I think he's funny and he talks about some shit that's not really he, offensive, you yeah. know, but he, he, he talks about some real delivery. shit too. Yeah. But for me, the all time favorite was, uh, Chappelle. And that's because he oh, had yeah. just a very like silly laid back style great delivery and he just seemed like a guy you want to kick it with and just smoke some blunts with and just have him just go man i don't know man you know just like just shoot the shit about nothing and he'd just always be a funny dude well i think i think comedy for for so many people it it people don't segment it up like there's genres of comedy and people don't really see it that way you know they just see comics it's just like saying artists like you know beyonce and alt j like probably don't share a huge audience and you go expecting one thing with the other so somebody like george carlin i think is where people like maybe not louis but but some other people that have you know more cerebral comedy people that are really trying to make a point and get out there too and i think that's i think that's one of the best and biggest roles that comedy has in society i i have like such a big reference for it because george collin was a huge inspiration to me growing up and i was like oh you can be smart and funny and you're teaching people that's what you are you're a philosopher you're teaching people without them really realizing that you're kind of shaping the way that they think and understand the world and you're getting these points across but you're um as uh as carolla used to put on love line it's if you got to get a dog to take a pill you slip it in the middle of a sloppy Joe. And so he would always say that Drew was the pill and that he was the sloppy Joe. I remember hearing that when I was like 13 years old and I was like, oh shit, that is, that is some insightful bullshit right there. So yeah. It got ruined when they had fucking Psycho Mike go on love line and and take over after that. It it had its ups and downs, but I liked, I liked Mike. I still, I still kept listening for a long time and then who the fuck listens to the radio anymore? Yeah, that's true. I mean, I still, I, I do, and it's really weird because I do listen to Kevin and Bean whenever I can on my way to work, just mm-hmm. because I've listened to them since I was, and, and it's not them that I listen for, it's Ralph Garman, for sure, like, he's definitely... Ralph is the man. His impressions of Trump are so good, <laughs> just everything, like, anything, Alex Jones, too, like, oh, it's man. so mm. good. It oh, I so love that good. one. I love it, I love it, I love it, I, I think he's just... He's he's a true radio personality for sure. Yeah, and he's a smart guy, and he knows his shit about pop culture. And I, he's one of those guys like a Kevin Smith, you know, like you just kind of really value their opinions when it comes to pop culture. Are you alluding to Babylon? Do you ever listen to that? No. Oh, okay. That's his podcast that he does with Kevin Smith. Oh no, you didn't even know about that. No. You just happened upon that name. Listen to that was one of those things that's just so deep seated in your brain that it just popped out like that. And that's that's the beauty of. of podcast is that there's a billion of them out there and there's it is the last uh free form you know discussion that's that's unadulterated you know you could just go on there and just let it bleed no (laughs) (laughs) yeah nobody nobody knows what we're doing yet you know it's just it's really this really long form you know expression and you really feel like you get to know somebody and it has been listening to getting into podcasts uh, about four years ago was like one of the most inspirational things that I've ever done in my life. It really pushed me to be better because there was these people that I just completely revered, like, uh, you know, Chris Hardwick, somebody who I was a huge fan of. I thought he was great. He, this guy can do no wrong. He's magic. And then when I started listening to his podcast and he really gets out there and he just really is so open about who he is and talks about his flaws and his own, right. you know, uh, insecurities. And I was like, oh, shit, he's just a dude. 
You know, mm-hmm. that's what it that's what it does is it humanizes these people that I thought were larger than life. And that's why yeah. I said, oh, maybe I can, you know, why, why am I tripping? Why do I think that I don't have what, you know, other people can do? Right. And that I mean, th- there was nothing more inspiring than that in my life. And now I just it's a part of my daily routine just going through. And I've got 25 shows I kind of listen to on the regular and I kind of check out other ones around. But really, I love this medium so, so much. Well, you're you know, absolutely right, because you have people like Joe who you can like listen to who's just, you know, the, one of this, the smartest guys out there, humble, very fucking humble too. Mm-hmm. And he just is the greatest conversationalist because he just is very curious and interested and he asks the right questions and he gets so much out of it, but he's not as like, so, so for instance, like I like to listen to somebody like Marin, who mm-hmm. is what you were saying about just letting his insecurities and, and all of that stuff come out and show that he's a real person and yeah. vulnerability. And it's, yeah. it's the sincerity that makes you just really like fall in love with this guy because that's why he's so popular. It's the sincerity, you know, he, he has like an anger problem and he, you know, gets jealous and he's envious of people and, and whatnot, but he's not afraid to admit it either. Right. And I think his show is, is genius as well. Like, uh, on, on Netflix as well as, uh, you know, his podcast. Right. And then I love listening to Duncan Trussell. Yeah. I love Don. He's a, he's a madman. That guy is just so <laughs> fucking awesome. Because he's just not afraid to just talk about, all, and, and every once in a while he'll just really because there's a lot of times where it does seem like it's just slightly arbitrary or it's just you know he just agrees with every single thing, but it's really like he's just showing you that there is you know beyond what we can even fucking try to sum up or put into where like everything has its own thing, and he fucking does some shit up sometimes where you're like whoa, like he's the like the person that I've known. Uh, that I listen to where he can get like atheists, like full-blown hardcore atheists to like just say, like, yeah, you know, there may be, they're actually, you know, mm-hmm. there very well could be like, a guy, right, right. you know, and, and just, just getting them to do that by not forcing the issue on it, by not like saying, Hey, like, you know, well, what about this? What about that? And he like, will spend the whole time agreeing with you and praising you for the good that you do. Seeing the good in everybody, yeah. and then going off and, and and saying whatever he has to say, very open-minded. I love listening to that dude, and the fact that he and Joe are best friends, oh, like you know, some really really great friends, is just awesome because that just shows you know what podcasts can do. They can bring you, people together like that, like people that are true seekers, people that are willing to just have fucking interesting conversations. And I'm fucking glad that we're doing this right now because, you know, this is it's we're finally doing it. Uh, it's been something that I've been talking about with different people, and I'm sure that you've been thinking about it and talking of about course, it for yeah. a long time. But, you know, it, it just doesn't make sense for us not to do it with everybody doing it. And let's be real, like, at all of the parties or all of the, you know, events that we have anyways, this is exactly what we'd be doing. Yeah, exactly. Been drinking, smoking, That's whatever, a, and that, talking about all this shit, yeah. you know? Like, fucking <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of lost treasures out there, but hey, what, you know... You know, I'm sure. I'm sure we'll stumble back across them again. Oh, there, yeah, that, exactly. Planet tree is a hundred years ago. The second best time is right now. You know? I couldn't agree more, man. You know, that's that's exactly what this is all about. It's about us uh, having an excuse to get together, drink, hang out, and have a conversation. The simple act of doing it is worth it already. You know, not really going for something. You know, and that's when all of my favorite people, when they talk about how they started up, they said, "Hey, look." It was just a good excuse to get around with my buddies and then go out and meet interesting people too. And they were kind of surprised by the people that they got right away to just come on and, and do an interview and be a part of a show. I mean, even if this gets fucking five downloads in the whole year, you know, people are still 
wanting to go out and make something. I think there is this creative yearning in a lot of people. And this is just as good of an excuse as anything to really just kind of sit down and get off the phone and just be present, be in this moment, look you in the eye and be like, what's up, man? Exactly, exactly. I mean, that's like, I, I'm totally right there with you. Like for me, and this kind of sounds like a fucking, you know, cliche in itself to just say, well, it's not about the money or it's not about the fame or any of that stuff, which it really isn't, you know, like obviously like any creative I'm endeavor should not. I'm hustling, I'm working yeah. my ass off and everything that I do is because in, in, in the, the, the realm of creativity is uh, I've long since, long since gave up on like trying to make it trying to market myself in the way of, of following the steps of all these people who have succeeded mm -hmm. right. rather just you know doing what the fuck i want to do I've, I've at least i can say that i'm proud to say that I, I i you know have discovered that where i could just do whatever the fuck i want and some people are gonna just naturally like it if they see that you're doing it mm -hmm. if you're letting your passions bring right. out people will recognize it, people will realize it. And that's why, that was when I was able to start making music. Mm -hmm. That was when I was able to start making music because I grew up as a musician. I, you know, I learned songs and I, I had my favorite bands and I tried to be in bands and I tried to like make something, but we were just, we, first of all, we were young. We didn't know what the fuck we wanted to do. We yeah. just wanted to like make it. So we were just going in the footsteps, following in the footsteps of everybody else and trying to basically copy them. But we right. had no life experience. We had nothing to write about. We had nothing that really, I, you know, represented us or nothing that I identified with until one day after, I don't know, it just kind of all came to me after a, a, a part of my life where it was just kind of, I experienced a certain amount of, of life, you know? And I said, okay, I'm just gonna go and say, write this for nobody else but myself. Yeah. And, you know, the connections just started falling into place. I had this very loose, loose idea a long time ago. And, or when I was about, when I was living at my house in Fullerton, I was watching this documentary. It was called Beautiful Losers. And it was about uh, a movement, a, a group of friends that were all like these degenerate artists in New York City. Mm -hmm. That like all you know frequenting this this gallery this kind of hole in the wall dump of a gallery that some guy used kind of very punk rockish yeah. type of thing and these were all different artists that had their own things that weren't celebrated in the art world like you know very unique styles of art but that was their own thing and they were just you know they never really thought they were going to amount to anything hmm. and just from being together and building each other up and, and doing all of that stuff over time like you know they all successfully went on to become, you know, film directors, and, or Ed Templeton was one of them. Oh, wow. Ed Templeton, you know, created toy machines, skateboards, and, uh, you know, an artist like that, or, or just different artists do now doing ads for, like, Pepsi, and, mm -hmm. you know, millionaires or whatever, and that really kind of made me think, fuck, here I am, finally, like, wanting to get into this world of art, I'm going to try to befriend more people that are into that and kind of try to create this artist network, you know? Yeah. And so I, I went around to the people who I, who I found to be, or I thought to be artistic within my small group at that time, the bubble that I had lived in. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I, you know, got us together and then I started making music with Kevin. Mm -hmm. I, I met Kevin at a restaurant that we had worked at and it wasn't even yeah. until a while after that that he hit me up. He's like, you know, I just got my... Uh, credentials and and producing music and and you know recording and stuff and so you know we should we should definitely make something mm -hmm. and that just sparked this friendship between him and I and then you know I had met Mikey or I knew Mikey and so through Mikey I met Jimmy 
And mm-hmm. we were friends with Kevin. And so through Kevin, we knew Justin McKenzie. And then through that, we went to a Friendsgiving where we met like... The that was the catalyst of the that whole was, thing, yeah. That was kind of, at least for, for us or for, for me, you know, mm-hmm. that was like the first spark of it. And I had no idea what it would become. And yeah, who would have guessed? It did become everything that I had wanted before and more. Yeah. Beyond what I could ever imagine, because I yeah. used to go to raves, I used to do all that stuff, and then I thought, you know, I got over that, and I was beyond that point yeah. in my life. And then here I am with these people who are very much into the music festival scene and the bass scene, and so I was like, okay, I kind of identify with that because I, you know, I've been into a similar realm. But then you discover how much more awesome it is, right. yeah. and then it just became like this fucking blob that just kept expanding with friends, you know, and just all came into each other's life, and it was a true, real. You know, it couldn't get any more organic than that. You know, like it just, it. I've had friends and groups of friends come and go, and, and even people that I'm still friends with, but nothing like what we've experienced with our group. Absolutely. You know, I. You know, I, I feel you so much on that. I've always like yearned for kind of a collective, creative group because I. You know, too. I grew up kind of as a creative. I've been a, a designer my whole life. Graphic designer. I was always painting and stuff like that. That paid for this place that we live in here now you know photography videography like I just just constantly so hungry to learn and be with it but there were very few people outside of like you know the agencies the advertising agencies used to work at that where I could really talk shop with somebody you know and now we've got people like Jimmy who I can talk about or apples who I can talk about video all day with photography shoot the shit with Danny and those guys and you guys are so good at your music and I've always I'm admittedly I don't consider myself a musician but I do have all this equipment yeah (laughs) Yeah, I don't have the balls to call myself a musician or a comic. Those are things that I aspire to be, you know. But, um, yeah, no, it's just really, it's something special we got here. And, you know, meeting, meeting you, man. Like, I, this is something along the lines of some shit that I wanted to do for a long time. Sit down and record a podcast and really get something, uh, get something together that I think, you know, means something to all of us. And really a, a good just outlet for expression, you know. And I express that in so many different ways. But this... You know, you need friends to like having friends around you really helps push you into that realm of what's of what's good. You know, and you can take inspiration from all these other places. But if you've got a support system and a group and you're constantly surrounded by people who are not just talking about things, but doing things, it makes you want to get out there and do things, too. And so here we are doing some things, man. That's exactly it. You know, one of my biggest, uh, you know, inspirations when we go back and I'm going to suck on Chris Hardwick's dick for a second again. Uh, that's, that's what he always said was to, was to just get out there and make a thing. You know, it doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter what it is you do, what you'd like to do. Just get out there and just start doing it. It doesn't have to be good. Right. Just get out there and do it and put yourself out there. Exactly. And that very act of just getting that first thing done is the first step to becoming great at it. You know, and that's such simple, Absolutely. trite advice. Absolutely. But really, that, that's, that's all it needs. You know, some yeah. of the best advice in the world is very, very, very simple. Yeah. You know? And um, I think it was Conan who said to him one time, he's like, you know, if in a room full of noise, I mean, when it, when it comes to wanting to be popular and stuff like that, in a room full of noise, all you got to do is just make your own noise and just keep making it and keep making that noise. And eventually somebody will be like, hey, what, what the fuck is that noise? Yeah. You know, somebody will notice, you know. So if you make right. things that are more authentic and true, and what, what would you want to hear? What would you want to see? What makes you laugh? What makes you cry? Yeah. You know, what stories move you? Because, you know, I've always been a storyteller my whole life. I knew that right from the beginning. I knew that was always what I wanted to do. It's why I got into, you know, film and advertising and now other more creative adventures. I've been doing things for 
money and for free for a long time, you know, and just being a general, uh, mostly visual storyteller, but now getting into, you know, audio and writing and other things like that. It's been, it's been really a hell of a journey and, and, and doing, uh, well, doing standup comedy, you know, that's been a new thing for me. I started doing that last year and that has been something that I think I've always, always thought about since I was a little kid, you know, the, the first job I ever told my mom, I wanted to be like, what do you want to be when you grow up? I said, I wanted to be Jay Leno. <laughs> now, now, that ship has sailed very fucking far away. But I think that idea is I was so inspired by people like him and Carlin. And then later on in my life, when I was about 14 or so, I got into The Daily Show and really was inspired by Jon Stewart. And, and that kind of launched this kind of political mindfulness that I've always, you know, that really uh, dictates so much of who I am today, which is taking all these little inspirations around here. And really, the, 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 the fulcrum of all of these things has been comedy. And so last year, I finally just fucking sacked up and got on stage, awesome. wrote some shit down, and I've been doing pretty okay at open mics. I really have not gotten up there and just completely eaten a dick yet. So, <laughs> I mean, I feel like I've been studying. I'm, I'm so overprepared for doing this shit. And I'm not saying I'm great, and I don't get up there nearly as much as a real comic would or should because I don't know. I, I, I don't I don't think I want to be Kevin Hart or yeah. fucking any board or Joe Coy yeah. even exactly but the very the very act of doing it is so exactly. it's so fucking like the feeling that you get that rush of getting on stage and I'm sure I'm sure you know this of performing for people who are really genuinely enjoying it and speaking to somebody and and having somebody it, when I used to produce uh, YouTube videos myself when I was in my room at like 18 yeah. you know Getting messages back from people saying, like, just strangers online saying, look, like, that, the, what you did, like, inspired me. And, like, I've been having such a shitty day, and you have made it, like, this video just has made it so much better. So thank you. Like, yeah. holy, that was, that, the moment that I started getting messages like that was so surreal to me. Yeah. And the, the, the high that you get from that, I'm just like, yeah. Jesus Christ. Like, I was making a fucking stupid video <laughs> in my room, and, like, this totally changed somebody's days. And you really yeah. realize the power of that, like it's one thing to, to know about it, because I know that I've had bad days in music or comedy or any form of art or poetry has really made me feel better. Definitely. But to be the one who made that and had that come back through, I'm just like, this is definitely, definitely what I want to be doing. Yeah, I'm, yeah I, to I totally, just everything that you said resonating. You know, <laughs> like, it, it's so interesting how so similar we are to each other, but very different in a lot of ways, mm -hmm. actually, because I mean, that's where we're individuals, but I could relate to you on so many things of just knowing when you were a kid that you were into all of these things and this is what you wanted to do. Obviously, you go through the battles at some point, at least I did, of, you know, trying to, like, be part of this real world and kind of, like, you know, be... Because I didn't really have the most, you know, not, not that my parents are discouraging at all. It's just what they were encouraging me for was very different. Practical. And anything had to do with sports or school or anything that they thought would, like better me in a way that they knew because they, they weren't very creative people they're very practical people you know so they would they would encourage me in that way but i think that because they didn't my natural rebellious nature mm -hmm. made me still want to do this but you right. know there was points where i kind of like got out of it and thought oh that's for the birds you know that like, that's neither here nor there because mm -hmm. you know i would try my hand at a bunch of things and also a part of it was that uh, as a kid growing up you know i was it's in my personality my nature to be very competitive and mm -hmm. to want to be the best at something. Yeah. To want to be the best and better than everybody. Because that's such, you know, like a, a way that, you know, 
people are trained to to be sort of in, in our culture at least you know it's like be better be a winner don't be a loser you know this sort of thing i mean obviously with, with you, you're sounding like somebody i know that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that sound a little familiar here you make me a little nervous on that side of the table you grow through your life trying to find something that you're going to do and that you're going right. to be and so like i would try my hand at a bunch of things and i would get into it and like it but i never really stuck with anything but it take it took years to realize that all of these endeavors, no matter how failed they were or like how little I actually invested into them, they at least gave me a brief general knowledge and understanding of something, and also made me network with a bunch of people who I knew that I kept in contact with or who I who I was like, oh, so and so does this, and so and so does this. So so what I see my my purpose. Because I, I believe that you know we all are out there to find what our purpose is, and as we get older, right. with being in the generation that we are, where you know we have all of everything at our disposal, we can just do all of these things. We're not supposed to yeah. do just one thing. <laughs> Some people are really fucking good at one thing, and they're the mm-hmm. best totally. at one thing. But we should try to experience as many different things as we can. And if you are in the moment and you're in the zone and it feels right, keep doing it. But yeah. don't be afraid or don't think that it's bad. To try something different and put something, you know, on the background. Because, for instance, I love the guitar. The guitar is one of the first fucking things in my life that I could say that I was naturally drawn to, that I was naturally attracted to, that I just, that it's part of me. Like, the guitar was meant for me and I was meant for the guitar. I don't ever claim to be the best guitarist. I don't even claim to be a good guitarist. I just claim to be, like, you know... At one with the guitar when I'm in it. And I know what it's like to jam and I know what it's like to make music and I... For a minute there, I thought that that was, you know, all there was going to be because that's what I was doing is making music. But like you were saying, is when somebody shows the appreciation for what you've done, yeah. that they truly, genuinely enjoyed what you created, that is all that you really need yeah. from that. Like, even if I never made it, and I'm, I mean, that sounds like such a cop-out to so many people, because I get it a lot from people who are like, mm-hmm. you didn't really push yourself hard enough, and I know that. Mm-hmm. I also know that along, that to, to be on the contrary of what you were saying, you know, it's not really on the contrary, but it's just a different way of going about it, where a lot of people are like, no, 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 don't make excuses, just go do it, just go do it, and, and do it until you, you get there. Where for me, it's like, there's a lot of times where it just seems like the universal pull or whatever you know it is is just not allowing me to do it. I just make, I'm just more lazy today for some fucking reason, and that could be very. I understand that could be me making excuses, but a lot of the times when I just move on from something, I'll come back later to that, and I'll be have I'll have been more ready to do it then and to carry on from where I left off. Yeah. Rather than if I would have kept persisting at that moment when I shouldn't have, and probably just ruined it or you know <laughs> threw it in fucking dirt and just said, oh well, that's that. So I look at it like the way I look at books and the way I read books. I have I'm reading about probably like forty books right now, and I've been reading them for like the past <laughs> couple of years. Wow. Meaning that I start a book. Do they ever blend into each other? Do you ever forget? Like, no, that's the thing is, you think, you know, that, that's, why, why doesn't Edward love Romeo? Like, that's, that's, the, that's the thing is that you think, like, well, I have to finish this book before I read this book. It's like, why? We watch shows and we watch movies and we still remember. Well, I don't turn a movie off halfway through and start watching another movie and then go back to it, you fucking maniac. Yeah, that's a, an ongoing narrative. I've, 
I'm, I'm going to disagree with you on this one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> disagree all you want. It doesn't, there's no... There's I think no reading 40 books at a time is insane. Okay, I'm not going to let you slide on that. It happens, but I know the OCD in me would never let me yeah. not finish something. And that's... And that's yeah. Yeah. There, there's and a, there's that's, a, that's there's a completionism. Everybody yeah. something differently. But the, but the point is, I'm still reading books that I started a few years ago. <laughs> and I still can go to other books and read them. That's oh, like man. my hobbies. Is I I, I smoke too much get, pop for that. No way. But it's different for everybody. It really truly is different for everybody because he's very different than I am. Like I was always in the way where we're interested in so many things. And I have a buddy that I grew up with. His name was Charlie Magdaleno too. Like very, we we're very very similar. We were both into the same stuff, and he was just way more proactive about stuff than I was. You know, mm. I was kind of more just like reserved and let it go on the side and like at a certain point I just got more interested in just trying to meet girls and talk to girls and I just kind of gave up on all that yeah. stuff and, and, and whatever and but well well for every for every one of us that has actually sat down and got the recording equipment out and really thought hey to build a brand and start down and record the first episode of a podcast there are thousands millions of people probably who have never have talked about writing that book but never did you know what I mean? They have a they have a they have a blank page open and it's saved with the temporary title that they got, and they just never go through with it. Yeah. I'm one of those guys, but here's the thing is, I'm still they're all there. Yeah. They're all still there that are like pending projects. Yeah. So like, there's a lot of times where I get down on myself. Absolutely, no doubt. Like I'm just like. As every artist does. Those guys that, but see, like, they're just losing. The because part. I do too. Yeah, you're just like fuck, man. Like I sh I don't finish anything, but I. I just have to be patient and believe that in due time, it will, what needs to be finished will be finished. You know, that might be why I'm OCD, because creatively, I know what you mean. When I write songs, a lot of the time, if I don't keep the creativity going, I can't finish the song and I don't know where to take it, and then eventually I just kind of toss it out. I'll keep some of the riffs, you know, but uh, if I don't keep that creativity going, then it's just gone. So maybe that's why stuff that's already created, I have to finish it. Because <laughs> <laughs> everybody's you know. got their, everybody has a different personality. Everybody has, you know, we we may have similar personalities. We may be able to fit into a, a categories with each other. But when it comes down to it, we all are unique in our own way. And you know, like there's the argument that every you know, there's no such thing as an original idea anymore. But I think right. that's a bunch of crock in the sense that it's more or less a way for a lot of people to say just to kind of just have an excuse to not create anything sure it may there may be ways that we can categorize everything and throw something in and say something derived from something else but then that we could easily say that about any thought that the human has because right. our brains are I you know there's so much more interconnected activity with the way we definitely think and, and see things I see that way of thinking a little differently um, there's a lot of studies done back in the day. I think I might have talked to you about this, um, how basically consciousness is connected. So the idea that no original thing can be created now, I don't think it's because that we've thought of everything. I think it's because more than one of us think it at the same time. Absolutely, because even the okay, so that's, for instance, not technically original. Even the first person who recorded something, that doesn't mean they were the first person who thought of it. Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. What I mean. Because yeah. we are all thinking the same thing, and because the bottom line is somebody could have come up with that thought even though somebody else or a billion other people had done it, but they may have never heard it from any of them. Yeah, no, it happens all the time. Parallel thinking. Thought, yeah. You know, and it doesn't matter. What matters is that it's unique and that it's sincere and that, it, you know, it, it, it resonates with people. I think sincere is just the biggest, is the most important part because we are all standing on the shoulders of giants. Well, how do we open this? We started by talking about all the podcasts that 
that inspire us, you know? And for me, that's also includes places like Harmontown and, and uh, Nerdist and, and Proops and, and, and Comedy Bang Bang, all these different elements together really, you know, uh, that is inspiring me to do, to go about and do things the way that I do. Right. Plus, you know, a whole life experience that happened before that as well, yeah. you know, because nobody experiences these things in the same way. You know, it's, it's, that's the problem with basic communication that everything means something a little bit different. It means a little, something a little bit different to someone else. Right. You know what I mean? Fucking black or white, man. Exactly, exactly. Right now we're just so fucking fine. <laughs> that we, like, we can't go to Lowe's and account. just like look through a paint fucking sheet and be like, oh, I want, no, sorry. Like, right. you know, just, you know, it's just like anything, you know, we're all, it, we're all the same, but we're all different. <laughs> you know, that's such a yeah. fucking cliche summary yeah. of like, and, that's and such a hippie stunner thing. Like, oh yeah, man, we're all the same, but we're all different. So I feel like we're solving a lot of the world's problems here today. Yeah, yeah. No, the really, really groundbreaking shit here, Dave. Man. <laughs> yeah, man. But I, I, going back to your point before, I think every artist really learns, you know, through a lifetime of experience, how they work the best too. And so I work my way and you work yours, you know? And, and there, there is a folly to that sometimes. I, I've seen a lot of people, I've seen this myself in person, people who uh, they, they think that they do what you do, you know? And I've seen you do it. I've seen you go back and finish it and actually go through and do things. Like this, like this painting that you've got behind us right now that you're working on and the one that you did before that and this new thing of getting into painting. I mean, you have started this thing and followed it through. I know you followed through, but there's a lot of people out there. I know there's a lot of things that you don't follow. But one out of a hundred you actually do. I'm saying for a lot of people it's zero out of a hundred, you know, and those are the people that I'm just like, yeah, just get out there and do it. It's just the fear, because there is that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Not being good enough, the fear of right. being accepted. Mm -hmm. Just the fear that, and you know, like I can honestly say the only thing holding me back is like that I'm so fucking busy. You know, that oh, I'm yeah. so fucking busy. Yeah, that life gets in the way, man. Process though, that's what's driving me to get to a point where I can control and create my own thing. That's definitely one thing that I know that, I, and I've known for a while, that I need to get to a point where I got, I have to be independent and be able to, you know, make Sustain. money. It's just, just like, just, you know, be my own boss. Mm -hmm. I have to totally. be my own boss. That's the goal. And I have to, and I want all my friends to be their own boss yeah. so that we don't have to compete with each other, <laughs> but we can just work with each other. Right. That's mm -hmm. why I wanted it to be that way. Like, it truly isn't about, uh, and, and working with me depends on what it is. Like I, I'm well aware that my like creative direction, like when it comes to something I'm really passionate about, like if it's something, a music project that like I've been working on for a long time or I wrote songs with for or whatever, like I have right. a specific vision. It's more or less like, I know I'm going to go in and say, Hey, you can either join with me and help me out, but I'm the sole creator. Mm -hmm. It's personal to you. Yeah. Uh, no, I exactly. But if you ask me to join on your project, I'm going to help out and give you whatever I can, you know, do, but I'm going to let you, let you do it. You know, it's, yeah, you give it's, them the leeway. Yeah. Give them the leeway. Or if we all come together and we're like, let's do this. You know, I've learned to become a lot more of a team player. Whereas before when yeah. I was younger, that was, that's not part of my natural thing. I, I've grown a lot. I'm proud to say that I've grown a lot. I think lot. most <laughs> musicians have that problem. I, I, uh, that's yeah. why bands are so few and far between. Right. Man. A successful band, like uh, yeah. the band that I had was just with me and my best friend, one guy that was, and then we had our third member who was our producer, who it just was such a harmonious click. But, you know, it's, we're on a hiatus right now just because of natural things. And, and that was our agreement between my best friend and myself, because he had just gotten out of the band. 
that he was that they they were giving him a bunch of shit for some bullshit, you know. And and my experience. This really sounds like a relationship. Just totally kind of is. He had just gotten out of another band, and like I had, I had been doing nothing musically for a while. Wait, so do you, do you think Joe is seeing other bands right now? <laughs> I mean, I mean, throughout does that does that keep you up at night? No, if he is, I'd be stoked for it. To be honest with you, <laughs> it's one of those things where it's I gotta know get the screw back, and I know what he's going through, and there's a thing where it's like, I want it to be organic between us when we're creating, and if I and he's one of the most creative, fucking uh, brilliant, fucking minds in music and art that I know when he's in it, but like if he's distracted in any sort of way and it just doesn't, it's just not going to work. So you can't have that forceful, like, no man, we got to be on top of this and do this and this and that sort of thing with him. And if that means waiting until seeing when it's going to come around again, if it does, then I'm totally down for that. If not, then whatever. Like I, I kind of just do let the chips fall where they may with that sort of thing, because that is the only way that is going to be worthwhile. Yeah. I've learned from my own experiences of trying to be in bands, trying to dictate every single thing that fucking happens. I've definitely been that yeah. Nazi, and I've also yeah. been at the mercy of fucking the Nazis. Totally. So I, I definitely know I what works and what doesn't. Well, I'm a big proponent of singular artistic voices, and this transcends not just music, but it's 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 every medium. You know, I, my background's in advertising, and I've worked a lot. And and there's a, there's a, uh, a term that we have out there. It's called a camel. Do you know what a camel is? It's a horse designed by a committee. <laughs> Usually a committee and a group of people kind of putting this idea and Frankensteining all their other shit and trying to shoehorn things in. Oftentimes you come up with generic crap. That's how, that's how fucking Suicide Squad happens, man, you know? It, it's completely devoid of any creativity. It's just noted by what people think they like and what this guy likes. And, oh, well, maybe I had this. And if you're doing, like... You know what? There's. It's very difficult to pull off a giant collaborative movement, which is oftentimes you visual visual mediums and videos and things, like, and things that I've worked on and entire you know brand campaigns. But honestly, some of the best stuff out there has been really from one singular voice going down from the top and really saying, "Hey, here is my vision," and you can add little little bits in here. But really, but really, like committees, I just don't think are very conducive to to art. You know. Well, you're looking at it now from a scope where. I mean, try to make Kubrick direct with someone else, you know? Uh, yeah, exactly. No way. Yeah. And here's, here's a very interesting thing. So I was going to get into asking you about what you thought about the movie industry as it is today. But we'll save that thought because I want to get into that in a, sec- mm-hmm. in a second. But one of my favorite things from one of my favorite books that Steinbeck wrote, East of Eden, mm-hmm. he does say that in this book. He says in, in a part where he's just going off on his own philosophical rant that there is no such thing as a great collaboration. Everything comes from one person, from one mind. And so, mm. you know, I, I read this and I clearly like think, no, that's not fucking true at all. Because you can look at so many bands like the Beatles or any band or anything after that point. But, but the interesting thing that I noticed is that this book was written, I think in 1954 or something like that. And so, mm. Prior to all of the things I'm going to, you know, say, like all the bands, like, you know, you had your Simon and Garfunkels, you know, Lennon and McCartney's, mm-hmm. you had all these people who clearly collaborated with each other and everything seems to be some form of collaboration. I'm not talking about on a scale of committees because that totally fucking does ruin things. Oh, I'm yeah. I'm talking about one or two minds because like Little Black and Coyote wouldn't have been what it is without me and Joey equally having this harmonious blend. Like it wouldn't right. have existed without a collaboration. But prior to that, in that time, 
Yeah, it probably was. Uh, and I, I always found that very interesting that like prior to that, there were a lot of things that were just like, yeah, there's no such thing as a collaboration. It's like everybody's just doing the work for this one man's vision or this one woman's vision or, or whatever it is. Very interesting. Yeah, I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just saying it's unlikely. Very rarely do you get a case where, you know, and if, if it does work, it's two, three, four, five people together, you know? Like um, like in an advertising agency, one of the typical things that they do if they're trying to come up with ideas for a new campaign or a new something, you know, there's always the copywriter and the art director. You know, one person to write... You mean like five, like more than five people or something? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I agree with you. Like, I, I, and especially people that aren't necessarily like great artists, you know, they're just people. They're doing their job and stuff like that. Yeah. Everything still is at least a collaboration between two or three more minds. Well, well yeah, it's obviously going to be like some sort of collaboration, you know. Right. Kubrick was a great director and DP and, and writer, but he didn't do everything. He didn't gaff the place. He didn't yeah. set up the boom mics. He didn't set up the lighting, probably. Right. I'm sure he had input on it, but other people did. He was very particular about all that shit, and that's probably not a, that's probably not a great example, but there are uh, examples of people out there who are great collaborators, who, right. who have listened to their DP, uh, or their director of photography when they're making a film, and, and allowed them to really let that vision shine through and complement theirs yeah. very well. well you know, I'm going to strike my own dick here a little bit, and it has nothing, it might mean nothing, nothing to you because you probably don't really give a shit about like astrology or like, dates of birthdays or anything like that. Oh, go for it. Stanley Kubrick is the mighty same birthday. Uh, okay. Okay. I actually feel. A little, little bit of a genius stroke there, a little kinship. In that. <laughs> a little. Like, and like when I watched the documentary, uh, A Life in Pictures, uh, you know, the, the crazy one with Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise when they were uh -huh. sitting together, and they, they did the whole thing with yeah. Stanley Kubrick. And they're talking about, like, his character traits and, and just how he treated people and how he was. And I was like, Sounded like you. So much of myself yeah. that, you know, like uh, it's crazy. Like, so what? What kind of Leo character traits do you, would you say that you probably shared with this oh, guy? Super, like he could be super harsh on people without really even realizing that he was. Yeah. Like kind of just mean and just very blunt mm -hmm. and just tell them straight up fucking how it was. Yeah. And but then he could also be like the nicest guy in the world and super sweet, very controlling over his vision. You know. Yeah. Also that he just naturally from a very young age, had a fondness for literature and books and reading. And mm -hmm. that's like something I always did too. Like I always kind of thought I was a nerd for it. And I kind of blame my mom because like she, my mom was the one that like, you know, pushed me to like try to be smart when I was younger or whatever. But I just, I did like reading and I had always enjoyed reading and I, I, I love movies. Yeah, fuck you, mom, for making me a nerd. I, uh, <laughs> I always, but I'd always, you know, and my, my English teachers and, I always got this one out because I, I was always bright. I was never mm -hmm. smart because to be smart, you had to be bright, but also have a work ethic. And apply yourself. Yeah. And apply yourself. <laughs> I did the fucking bare minimum. Oh, yeah. Goodbye, but I was always like a class clown. C's get degrees, thing, man. And I would do that sort of stuff. But like when it came to like history or literature, you know, not science or anything that had to do with math, but anything that where it was more broad and open to interpretations. I tend to grasp the like the deeper meaning of things more than a lot of people did. And I always find like I, it, it blows my mind because you would think that certain themes in movies just are just self-explanatory. Yeah. But they're really not. And that's no, what's definitely. sad to a lot of people. Like it always blows my mind how a billion people could watch Star uh, Scarface 
and still like want to like carry on the legacy. It's like you do realize that this whole movie was like to say don't do this. It's a it's a it's a cautionary tale. Like oh, this is what happens when you get a Scarface complex. You get greedy and you want to fucking take over the world. Like it's gonna end, but like people still go down that route because they glorify that one specific aspect of it. It's like, you know, to me, I've learned probably more than I did in school from movies and shows and and pop culture. Mm -hmm. You know, like I definitely like learned a lot of what I know in the world (laughs) from, from, you know, lessons that I've learned through movies. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, 100%, man. People are always like, oh, well, you just watch too many movies. It's like, well, it just depends on the person watching the movies. Mm-hmm. It just depends on like how you take it. Because you can look at the silver lining in anything, and you can also look at the message, the, the positive message to come out of it, or well, you know, the, the warnings to come out of it. Right. And, and I feel that like I, I truly do look for that in every single movie that I watch. Um, even if I'm not intently looking for it I, I discover it I yeah, just come across it like, yeah, well, definitely and that's why like you know Kubrick's one of those guys that's like it's, it's so just the writing it, on the wall yeah well, well it's because yeah. movies are so much more like people focus so much more on the subtleties or like the the, the, the very specifics of what he's doing in his right. cinematography but there's always a theme behind it you know he always has his outlook of the world in general displayed in it but that's also why I really love Tarantino and I love the Coen brothers. The mm-hmm. Coen brothers oh, yeah. are like some of my favorite because they, the Big Lebowski and even Hell Caesar, like it, it took a couple of Oh, times. yeah. I, I, I love that movie. Like, I thought it was great. So relevant to today. Yeah. The person, like this is genius. It's yeah. fucking genius. And, I saw and the one, yeah. So many people watch it like, oh, I don't get it. Like, it's kind of a boring movie. There's no point to it. You know, like, even the Big Lebowski, like there's... It's about a dude who lost his rug, but that's, <laughs> really it's not even intended to be a comedy, and I believe it because it's it's you watch it and you're like, this is believable, 100. percent This is yeah. not exaggerated. It's not like slapstick or any any type of like comedy that there's this kind of dark gritty realism. That's the the, loot, the 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 humor and just. Everyday life. Everyday life. Yeah. Of human nature. All the different personalities. They like talked about nihilism and shit. You yeah. Know, they, they have Walter, who's this like really strongly convicted, you know, great intent. Like they just basically go through all of these characters who weren't bad people. But mm-hmm. They're all just very different fucking people living in this world and just trying to you know get by and do their own fucking thing. Yeah. I do remember though too. Uh, there was a group uh, a group of kids that I grew up with, and like these two brothers, and they were like. They they thought Fargo was the funniest movie that they had ever seen, and I was like, what? Like, oh, well, I watched the big because I had just seen the big. I was like in the sixth grade. Mm-hmm. It's like this is like, and I and that's the great thing about the Big Lebowski is like in the sixth grade, I thought this movie was funny. Yeah. And then as you grow older, you still just keep finding more and more yeah, things. Like, oh my god, this is fucking funny. Right. So I said, like, you guys got to watch this, and I watched. Fargo, I'm like, this is actually a serious fucking movie. Turns out they were only laughing at it because of the accents of the like Midwestern people the whole time. I'm like, wow, you I mean, that does that, that does play into the comedy a little bit. That's part of it because you know, oh yeah, well, Marge, don't you know, like, it, it, like having that as they're like shoving somebody into a, a, a what was it, a wood chipper. There's some comedy in that. It's not funnier than the Big Lebowski though. No, absolutely. Yeah. And, and they obviously like the Big Lebowski as well, but that's like. 
the it's things weird people because there's certain yeah. people that like view things so differently, right? Like that, like where you're like, ah. Uh, well, I, well, I, I, there are very few lines that are funnier after you see somebody kill somebody else, and the first thing out of their mouth is, "Oh, jeez, <laughs> that's fucking funny." Yeah. <laughs> or have Steve Buscemi just throw somebody into the fucking wood chipper, or was it him? No, he goes in the wood chipper. And um, but he didn't say anything the whole fucking movie. Like he was so quiet. Yeah, pretty. Well, he just he just yells at his 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 Lenny counterpart. God, it's been a minute. So I don't remember the names of the characters, but um, is Lenny George Lenny? So yeah, my smart. Okay. Anyway, um, he has the least words out of everybody. Like, <laughs> yeah. Donnie is like, shut the fuck up. Donnie. <laughs> <laughs> He's, he doesn't talk, and that's what's brilliant about that shit. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I I, I love so, this movie too. What do you think about movies now? Where okay, so. Going, going to, yeah, going, going back to what you were saying before. Going into the theaters, it's it's hard to feel, you know, excited about movies because you start to see that literally ninety five percent of what's coming out are either remakes or sequels. Oh, mm-hmm. man. But uh, well, that... you have sequels like Logan. Everybody's talking about Logan coming out, or you have like Rogue One coming out that are like fucking good. They're all derivatives, really yeah. And they're pushing the boundaries of CGI that, like, you know. Where they, they actually are fucking believable and they're they're badass and, and they they look dope and the story's pretty great and the acting's pretty decent. Right, right. So well, what do you think about that? I think there's I think there's this this kind of this trope that everybody says is that things nowadays aren't as good as they used to make things. Okay? And that can be movies, music, television, a lot of different things right now. But and that's gone on that you can go back and you can look at like ancient uh, Egyptian graffiti yeah. from people from <laughs> from 300 BC, so and they say, yeah, exactly. They're like the kids these days don't understand how much it took to harvest your grain and and worship Osiris. Like, yeah, no, people have been saying that fucking forever because people have this selective memory. It's the human condition. They forget all of the shit that went through there. I remember I did an exercise one time when somebody was like, oh, somebody posted up on Facebook, and because I'm a fucking asshole on Facebook, I had to I had to just get in there and fucking rebut this guy. But he said. He, he posted, uh, here are lyrics from John Lennon's Imagine, and now here are lyrics from Nicki Minaj's Stupid Ho. This is how our generation has changed, all right? And it's like, no, it hasn't. Yeah. And so I went through and I said, look, Imagine came out in 1968 or whatever it was, and then the, the, the number one song that uh, there was uh, of that year was like, hey, hey, we're the monkeys. And Imagine also charted better than that song that you cherry pick out there, you know? So, um, and then when you look at the lyrics of the monkeys, they were fucking dumb. That was the Justin Bieber of their time. And we forget about all these people from the 50s, 60s, 70s who just fell off the wayside because they were pop, you know, thing. They, they popped that one time. And then it didn't, it didn't, it didn't uh, connect and keep on going. Did, did Zeppelin or did Zeppelin, were, I mean, were they number one like forever? No, I mean I know they were I know they were pretty they were fairly popular in their time, but they didn't you they they probably wouldn't have guessed. You know, you would think that maybe Adele would be somebody and I know I've said Adele like four fucking times today, but I'm just trying to pop music. It would say Adele is something that would transcend we're all gonna remember Adele forever. But it's like, no, we might probably remember somebody who we're just barely hearing about right now who maybe got on the charts one time, but maybe that's the classic in fifty years people are still talking about this artist rather than the one that was the most popular at the time, you know? And I think we're doing the same thing with movies a little bit. I think a lot of trash has been made for a long time, and honestly, some of it is some of my favorite movie-going experiences ever. I mean, I fucking love old 80s Schwarzenegger and 
and and Stallone and I love yeah Bloodsport yes we were just talking I love those fucking terrible movies shout out to How Did This Get Made that was you know talking about other podcasts that have inspired us but anyways um that is uh I think movies now uh, people are less risky because they 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 cost more stuff like that but there's great stuff being made all the time. Every single day, and I've seen great even short films and YouTube stuff, and there are other people out there who are general, like genuinely very talented people who are just trying to make it off of very shoestring budgets, you know. And you get people like uh, Jordan Peele who just made Get Out for four million dollars, and it's one of the fucking best movies that that's come out that will probably come out this year according to everybody. Now that's something that I want to do tomorrow. Yeah. That, but it's 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 universally acclaimed. Oh yeah, hit me up. I want to go see Logan too because that. Yeah, right now we've got we've got Logan and Get Out. Yeah, you you know this. I've I've expressed this before. At least I don't know if you remember, but I couldn't stand superhero movies because they're Mm. just so fucking just like okay, we get it, you know, blah blah. It's just too family. Yeah, like you know, like I'm not saying you has everything has to be. like They followed a formula and they were thirteen. Yeah, you know, vulgar or whatever. But at least like they had to be PG thirteen. Yeah, give me some John Wick action. Yeah, and fucking vulgarity into a comic book thing because like I mean you read a Dark Knight comic book you read a Spawn comic book you read a Spawn versus Superman or I mean Batman Mm -hmm. or even like fucking any of those comic books nowadays they're dark and they're fucking dirty oh yeah a lot of them are fucked up and they're not not like PG-13 box office shit and I get it like they people but you know guess what these things are gross and fucking high as fuck and they're gonna continually sell more shit and they're gonna be able to make more shit and it's dope and I'm glad that that's happening Mm-hmm. Um, I'm super, super glad that that's happening. I'm glad they've had two successful R-rated comic book releases so far because the conventional wisdom was before, hey, comic book movies are for kids. Kids can't get into R-rated movies. Right. That was there. There's this direct correlation, and I always said, no, come on, you make yeah. a fucking Deadpool because I, Deadpool's been my favorite superhero because I yeah. grew up on Marvel comics. I mean, you can you can go right. and look at a picture of me as Spider-Man when I was four years old. I had all the fucking comics. Yeah. I know all these stories already. Uh, for the most part, yeah. and uh, I always said Deadpool was my favorite hero. I said a Deadpool movie would fucking crush it, you know. Yeah. And then they came out with X Men Origins Wolverine, and I was like, "Isn't uh, Deadpool's in this one?" That Wade Ryan Will- Ryan Reynolds is Ray- Wade Wilson. The opening ten minutes of that movie, I'm like, "That was fucking Wade Wilson right there." Holy shit! I cannot believe they did this. And then the movie kept going after that first ten minutes. And and my heart has never broken so <laughs> much agree. in that wait, time. So wait, so wait, yeah. so you have to fill me in because I neglect. I have neglected a lot of superhero movies. Uh, I did not watch that as one. you should. That, that one was garbage. So was that the one that they're talking about? Because they didn't make a full dead. Deadpool movie. That was the one where they featured him. Deadpool right. was a featured character, but yeah, it wasn't even because people complained, and so he decided. Ryan Reynolds was like, "I'm gonna go and fucking make uh, the real shit to honor." Mm-hmm. Ryan Reynolds was also a huge fan of the comics and wanted to do the movie right. And you cannot do a PG-13 Deadpool movie. No. You know the R-rated one that we all saw. That's what Deadpool does in the comics. That's his character. His whole thing is he's R-rated, man. And Ryan Reynolds fought for. I mean, God, it had to be like six or seven years. It was close to a decade. He fought Fox to get that done. And then he leaked that footage. I don't know if you guys ever saw that, that test footage, yeah, yeah. which is the, which is the freeway scene, yeah, where it all flipped over. Yeah. And it went so viral. Like millions, millions right. people saw that. Went, whoa, whoa, yeah, let's do that. And so, that, so Fox finally said, all right, all right, we'll let you guys do it. Here's $7 to make the movie. 
And um, yeah, it, they had a very shoestring budget. That's why there's not a lot, a lot of huge action set pieces in that thing. Right. That whole thing where he gets all those guns and then he and puts them into the taxi and then he forgets to grab them as right. he gets out of the car. That's they don't have the budget for all that right. shit. Yeah, they, just yeah. Wrote that in. they had to write. They had to write around that. And I'm a big, I'm a big, uh, you know, proponent of the idea that limitations actually enhance creativity, totally. because we wouldn't have gotten that By if you way. have this infinite open sandbox. There's just too many options, you know. Yeah. If you yeah. give somebody, if you give somebody a little bit, some limitations to work within, it really forces but this creativity out of you. Exactly. Out. I'm that kind of person. I need deadlines, or or this shit's not gonna get done. Exactly. That's why I said an arbitrary deadline for this. I said we're doing it that Wednesday, no matter what, whether we're ready or not, and we'll see how it goes, you know. And uh, well, I think it's going okay. Uh. <laughs> and I'm almost finished with this little bit of vodka right here. Oh man. So. Uh, so what's that? Yeah. Did I did I answer your question though? You said what do I think of uh, yeah. of movies of movies nowadays? And that's I I come because you know take it back three or four months. I was like in the movie theater. I was like, oh, you know, this is just this is just the times. It's Donald Trump's era. And it's just, oh, <laughs> you know, this is the way things are going. Like, there's nothing nothing good about anything. And you know, I I kind of strongly believe that to a certain extent. Although it's so vast now with like. It really depends on the person searching for things to find stuff because absolutely. you know well, it's, as it's, opposed to when we were kids yeah. where you know you had to go to the Virgin Megastore to like listen to the newest CDs that came yeah. out before we can go and download all this music, you know, or like even ah, no, I used to buy so many CDs, yeah. yeah. To go and, and do that and you were subject to get my job rule. very like strict things that came out based on what the record companies were doing. Mm -hmm. Right. And now with SoundCloud and just about every fucking, you know, it, it's so easy to put anything out there. Yeah, and, and it's also a lot harder to make it if people are really, you know, pushing the, the bounds of creativity because there is a lot of shit out there. there. It's hard to find, but when you find it, there's a lot of really, really good shit out there. Yeah. I personally have stopped like searching and listening to music and thank God I have all the friends that we have because they, they yeah, they just ship it right to my door. To like podcasts and, and, yeah. and talk radio as I drive around all the time. Yeah. Because it kind of stimulates my mind more yeah. and I listen to the shit that I already know that I like. But I do discover stuff from my friends and everything. But what I, you know, that, that just kind of tied into what my, what I was thinking when I was watching these, these trailers. I'm like, fuck man, like this is all going to be garbage. It's all trailer or, or, you know, remakes. It's all, you know, just stuff that's already been done before recycled shit. But oh. we're already starting to see how it's really good. Like you've got Star Wars Rogue One, which wasn't even part of the fucking, you know, Star Wars, uh, the... The series is just a, a Star Wars story. Uh, yeah. Which yeah. Was, I love that. It was one of the best fucking Star Wars I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. Personally, I thought it was great. I yeah. thought it was amazing. Of course, you're going to have the fucking comic guys, comic book guys like from fucking The Simpsons that are just like, worst shit ever and trying to like <laughs> look for things. Yeah. And, and well, I myself, I thought that movie was just okay. Really? I didn't find any of the characters particularly likable, and I couldn't oh. get myself into the story, really. Yeah, yeah. Like, you're just kind of dropped in. The Force Awakens? Um, no, I don't. I don't think it was better than The Force Awakens, you know? I've come to expect certain things from from Star Wars, and I feel like there are other things that could have been done to... Well, okay, like the, the, the Mexican guy. Fuck, see, what does it say that I cannot remember anybody's name from that movie? I'm... I am so sharp with that stuff. Actually, I know it's Diego Luna. I know that's I know the actor's name now, yeah. but I don't know I don't remember his character's name. 
and he's he's the good guy. He's the guy we're supposed to be rooting for, right? He's like the Han Solo kind of esque. I mean, not necessarily a direct parallel, but like he, it opens with him just shooting a guy in an alley and then running away. And there, like, I, there, for me, it just started. It didn't start out right. I think I think the standout person from that movie was really Alan Tudyk with his voiceover for the robot. I thought he, I thought he did great, and a lot of his lines that he kind of improvised and wrote himself. And I mean. There, it wasn't a bad movie. It wasn't a bad movie, but it wasn't, whoa. Yeah, I was as happy with that movie as I was with Return of the Jedi. Which was yeah. fucking my favorite. <laughs> Return of the Jedi? Because Not Empire? Empire. No, because <laughs> Empire. Empire was the best. <laughs> yeah. The age that I was at. Yeah. When Empire, or when Return of the Jedi came out, Ewoks. Mm. E fucking walks, the fucking, all the scenes with the fucking Ewoks. And you have fucking Jabba the Hutt. You have the whole fucking scene where there's that whole fucking pit. And they're like pushing people off and shit. Like everything mm-hmm. the best to like me that. was that was like. Like I'm saying, it's not a bad movie, but it's not the best one. Especially when it comes to Star Wars. And that's, that's how I felt about Rogue One. I came in with way too high of expectations going, this is going to be great. The Force Awakens is the best Star Wars thing that's happened in the last 20 years, 30 years. And... Rogue One, I love the the concept of it. It's, I, I I knew what it was about going into it. I did, yeah, yeah. I thought it was well written. It was creative. You got the char- You got into the characters right away. They were immediately likable. That that was really sharply written. It was really well delivered. All the acting was top notch. The story structure was great. I know it, it 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 leaned really heavily on nostalgia. And that, of course, plays a plays a part into it too. Like you know, I felt very. I remember sitting in the theater still and seeing that opening crawl come up and how emotional I immediately got. You know, that was a really special thing. You know, one is just because of all the like very relative uh, fucking implications about you know where we are in society and, and politically and everything too. Just how it definitely tied into much more of the resistance and fucking the whole fight together Mm -hmm. and standing up against the fucking dark side and and i thought that was one of the things that really got me but darth vader fucking coming out and just fucking busting some why couldn't we get so much more of that why couldn't that be the whole fucking movie darth vader constantly behind him because that was one of the coolest things i've ever seen on screen was darth vader really getting full CGI ability to be Darth Vader, this fucking unstoppable wrecking machine that they've always talked about him being. But they didn't overdo it. Yeah. That's the thing. They didn't overdo it. They fucking... I could have done with one more scene of, like, a narrow escape. A narrow escape. I'm a person about, like, just the same things. Like, like for instance, like, my favorite show uh, series is Breaking Bad because they Mm. ended at the fucking right time. Yeah. A lot of people would disagree with that. Oh, they could have taken it on this more. No, fuck that. They ended at the exact right time. Right time. And that's how I felt about that sort of thing where it was like, you know, Darth Vader just comes out at the fucking right time with the music and just, like, (laughs) it was super ominous. Oh, yeah. No, that, that whole sequence... That sequence was cinematic perfection. Yeah. So fucking good. And then just the fact that it ended, the world ended, and it was just like, it was just that's. I thought that was great. I thought that was fantastic. I was really happy that they did that. It just ended where it was, and, and that was it. Mm-hmm. But okay, so yeah, that, I mean, that, answered, that, that answers my question in general, but like, it, I 
what I was saying, what I, uh, what I was going to say before was that you know a lot of the best stuff out there is not the biggest stuff, you know. So oftentimes you haven't heard about it. one of my favorite movies from last year was uh, Green Room. Did you guys ever see that? No. Oh, see that was that was so good. That was with uh, Patrick Stewart and Anton Yelkin and and uh, the guy who uh, got hit by his own jeep died. That kid, uh, he was the Star Trek kid. Right, right. Yeah. Anyways, oh, yeah, no, it was the last the last movie he made, but it was fucking phenomenal. Yeah. It's he was uh he's like uh the bassist in a punk band and they take this like uh they take this kind of last minute gig uh-huh. at this like Nazi clubhouse in the middle of the woods oh, wow. and then just like shit does not go wrong they have to escape and it's yeah. it's it's one of the most brilliant intense thrilling movies that I saw uh-huh. all year and nobody's heard of it yeah. you know and there are other great people that are out there that are making really great indie movies out there like um another one that I saw last year that was really good was uh, Don't Think Twice and it was um, it was uh, made by Mike, Mike Birbiglia. He's a pretty popular comic, and uh, it was about uh, it's about like an improv troupe, like a stand-up comedy. Y- you know, the improv, yeah. Um, and what happens when there's like this SNL kind of you know analogous thing? What happens when one of them gets it? One of the, one of the people from the improv troupe, they all auditioned. One of them got into it, okay. and it's how other people deal with their partner who was their equal before deals with their success Uh, and it's a really fascinating character study and it just really resonates with i mean so many people when you when you think about any of your friends who have ever gone on to do better than you or how you've had to react to being better off than than people who were your contemporaries who were just as hard as you who might be just as talented as you i have to watch that movie it's it's very very good it's one of my favorite movies from last year Uh, oh, Anton Yelkin was the was the from Green Room, yeah. and this one was Mike Birbiglia and um, Ke- yeah. Keegan Michael Key. These are two different movies. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I thought you were talking about. Yeah, then the improv troupe went to the punk. Oh, see, now we've got a new movie here. Talk, talk about standing on the shoulders of giants. We just were combining these two, so Keegan Michael Key and half the cast of SNL get signed on to do a sketch comedy show at a Nazi clubhouse, <laughs> and then. When they don't like that so much, then they have to escape. Oh, I love it. I love it. All right. <laughs> Run it down. Yeah. Because I am going to be a little bitch and the most terrible host in the world, and I'm going to have you guys continue what we're talking about right now. I'm going to go down and take a fucking piss. Oh, really man. Oh, man. What are, we, what are we at time-wise right now? Um, well, I started this a long time ago. You guys didn't even know when I started it. But I, no, keep yeah. it going. I'll be right That's a fucking iPhone. You know what? They fucking spy on me and shit all the time. Uh, yeah, yeah. They can fucking go fuck themselves. Yeah, I hope you're recording that iPhone. Is that read up on that fucking Vault 7 shit? Vault 7? The, you know, yeah. I did read up on a, a little bit, and I, like, tried it, and I got caught up looking at this fucking thing where, like, yesterday I was trying to go. Was it porn? Is it, no, it was saying about all the stuff that they have on you. Uh-huh. But it's a scam. They're trying to get money out of you. Because you, once you get to the end, they run all their scans and shit. Of all of these things, of they, then they, for this much money, you can get this much information. And for this much money, you can get this much information. Well, it's a scam. Like, yeah. Well, uh, I mean, well, I mean, at least it's what are you talking about? true. 
Are you talking about the thing where they like have so much information on pretty much every single person? Like they've gone into all. I'm talking about the WikiLeaks drop of that CIA trove that they're using. They're hacking this and this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it goes into that, and then so there's a link on there to where like you can literally go and find out dirt on any single person that there is. Like like to the point where like you can find out the most dirt. Wait, whatever. It gave access to a. It it gave it, it posted a link that says you can like because of the fact that like. It's basically saying that like Android and Apple phones have been a back door. listening and have yeah. a backdoor and they've been and they've been having this shit going on for a oh, long for time sure. to where they have and they are able to access pretty much and, and I forgot the name of the link, the truthfinder.com or something like that or, or whatever it is. And so and so they so they do that and uh I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go and try to fuck. And it's like, you may find shit out about people that you don't want to know and blah, 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 beware. So I was like, fuck, I want to see what the fuck they got on me just from me listening. So I go and I enter my name and where I'm from. And sure enough, they do pull up like all my, my, my family. Like they pull up all the names of my family. So like this thing's starting to seem more and more real. And it is real. But the thing is, you have to pay for it. So that's the that's the thing. At least you, at this point, what that's that's always been around. That's not new. Yeah, it's not new. But that's but that's what I'm trying it's to say right. is yeah. that it's still like that they're getting their information through that though. Right, right. Do you know uh, about security certificates? I, I don't know if that's right. A lot of that's public information and stuff like that, and that's you can it's search through I government sure. databases. You can look at it like how that. you want. Yeah, how specific but, was the information you're able to look they, up? Because they, they show you all the different scans, and they obviously talk about like public records. And, but there's also scans based on uh, there's different titles for the scans and I'm butchering it right now but it, you should go try it out for yourself and just see up until you get to the, you're not going to pay any money because mm-hmm. you could just decline you know and, and not pay any money yeah. but see all of the shit that they run and whether they're lying or not I don't know because I'm not willing to fucking pay the money because right. it says we have found 10 criminal record or criminal activity fucking things for David Amaya in the state of California and I'm like, I've never been like arrested. I've gotten tickets. I've gotten shit like that. Like, is that what they're talking about? I have no idea. Yeah. So obviously, I'm still very curious. Right, right. But I don't fucking know what the fuck they're talking about. And yeah. like, I don't know what. And the thing that scares me the most is, at that point, who's to stop them from making shit up to scare yeah, right. you and get money out of you? Right. I think that's what that is. I think that's them trying to scare you sure, and get but, money but, out like, of you because I don't. I don't know what you talking about the big thing that vault 7 which is the cia operation that was using android apple phones samsung tvs amazon echoes anything webcams yeah it's just like oh they're also they also have that it's not just cell phone metadata and you know emails that they've that they put together they have everything and they can turn like they can you can have a cell phone that's off and they can turn on right. the mic, and they can power it up, and they can see where you well, are. No. And, and they and that's they and they can do it without it looking like it's powered up. But they so, can do so much shit. Yeah, but supposedly that's where they get their incriminating evidence from. That's it's not yeah. like obviously if I had all of those charges, I would have been arrested, and I would have. But the fact that like it's just they're ready for because they don't have enough lawyers and prosecutors or to people to go, sift to go and that. actually yeah. go through all of that all the time. But if you leave it up to the technology to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. And right. they're going to go through then they're going to be like, oh, well, guess what? Now, and that's what scared me too. It's like, am I going to be fucking Lots of false positives by yeah. doing this? Right. And the, I mean, I'm not a fucking tech savvy person to begin with. Uh-huh. So you have to imagine how fucking like, kind of like, and 
anxious I was to like learn just to, just that, to look yeah. at that shit. I was like, what the fuck do they have on me? Well, but once I saw that they were trying to charge a specific right. amount and they had plans. I was like, that's okay, yeah. That, I don't think that's part of the official government program. I think that's a fucking scam that was set up in conjunction with this site. They're like, oh, here's a tangential story. Let me right. shoehorn this in. That's what they all do, and then, and all that money's gonna go to some Russian kid somewhere, you know. So fuck that. Don't don't worry about that part of it. I think that I think just the expansion beyond what we thought before of of how this the you know intelligence community is spying on us is you know what was well, you know, know worth reading. That was the that, story. Like, at the end of the day. I'm not worried about it because I know I haven't done anything wrong. Right, right. But well, it's not to say that wrong. it doesn't scare you. Just like right. if you drive by a fucking cop car with its lights on at the end of the night and you know you haven't done anything wrong, you're still gonna be like, "Holy shit! Like, what the fuck? Like, uh, like am I am I driving with my like my, my seatbelt on? Or, like, right. you know, where's the weed at in the car? Yeah. Like, what the fuck is going on? Because you're we're thinking fr- we're thinking a little bit small scale. That's not really what they use it for. You know, they're not out there trying to prosecute oh. people. You know, drug users and shit like that. There, this is the reason that we should be afraid of tools like this are because let's say one day some you know businessman with no experience that's very petty and holds lots of grudges and um really wants like has no you know just care for most american people that don't love him which is i don't know about 60 percent. let's just say hypothetically that this were to happen some kind of weird uh inarticulate moron were to get into the white house is would we want somebody like that to have these tools? You know, God forbid that ever happen. Right, but you know? here's the thing is that like that's we're, what's we're, scary. We're your everyday average person right now, but there's no telling in the future how much more they're gonna crack down on people and how much more of a threat we might or an influence we might have on people. We've got a microphone, yeah. we pose a threat now, man. I mean, hey, you never fucking know. Look what this motherfucker has done with his first within his first couple months of fucking being in office. You yep. know, a lot of fucking shit is going down, and you just don't. The bottom line is, none of us know what the fuck is going to happen. And I'm I'm not one of those people that likes to get afraid for absolutely nothing. And it probably most likely is absolutely nothing. But being somebody who doesn't know that much about technology, yeah. it's gonna scare you. And these people can fucking scare you because they're just like you. Like I, I don't know how to back up my. And I don't know how to delete shit properly. I don't know, like, my, my ex-girlfriend found a fucking porno on my, my fucking, like, thing because I didn't know how to fucking delete it properly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I thought I got rid of it. Just but tape it up your webcams, happen. you know? Like, just, just protect yourself in, like, in literal physical ways, too, however you can. You yeah, know, it's funny because that's what my dad does on his computer at work. And, like, we always joke around about it because we were just, like, he's, he's afraid that all of us are looking at him. But it... It's true. What got me was Zuckerberg does it. If Zuckerberg yeah. tapes up the, the, the camera on his laptop and on his computer, right. I'm going to do it too. All right? right. Zucker knows a lot more than I do about that shit. And if he thinks it's smart to tape over that, then yeah. obviously he's a target and I am not because I am nobody who the fuck cares. Like but still, dude, but that don't give man. anybody an opportunity. Right. You know, know. Don't but leave do, the door unlocked. Do you guys know what I'm talking about, though, about the security certificates? No. For cell phones? Okay, I did this uh, about a year and a half ago when I got a new cell phone. I read through the entire thing before I hit accept, which mm-hmm. would turn on my phone. And uh, it said, you need to have these certificates approved. And it said, view. And I tried to go through and get rid of all of them because I've heard that those certificates, that's how they get the data through your phone because certain companies and agencies are those certificates. And if you allow them to be grabbing information from your phone, then they will. And I turned off every one. I hit accept and turn my phone on. 
I couldn't make texts. I couldn't make calls. I couldn't go on the internet. I couldn't do anything. It's like trying to run an app that, that, that requires you to allow your shit. All smartphones have this, and it's really interesting, and I suggest you look it up. Um, look at your security certificates, because there's the Japanese government, there's the Korean government, there's the Russian government, uh, Taiwanese government, uh, many other companies. Does it explicitly, wiki does it explicitly say that yeah, on these certificates? Japanese government. It says there's like at least eight different forms of the Chinese government in different ways, different like Dude. different certificates from them. I'm I can so show scared. you on my phone right now. Huh? No, and I believe it. And no, no, I believe it. The because... thing is, nobody has ever read those before. So this I'm is breaking I'm news right now. This is I'm a, the worst. This is a let exclusive. I'm the worst oh, with fine print because I'm the one who's gotten fucked over on some credit shit with from some of that. Yeah, see stuff. that one. You know they're yeah, actively yeah. trying to fuck you with a cell phone. It's like ah, oh, they can steal my dick. Sure, I okay. I if it all works, I didn't think that. Honestly, I, that's where I, I, I take the fucking you know the blame for being the most fucking ignorant, stupid person ever. But like, <laughs> I really. I didn't watch those documentaries that I guess that are out there right now about that stuff. Like I truly I didn't believe. I, I did mm-hmm. not believe how how you know devious like those credit things are. I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't believe that that would even be legal for them to get away with oh, that it's super kind legal. of robbery. That That's kind what of I was going to say because yeah. there's no checks and balances for right. how involved. As long as there's right. documentation that says that this is what right. it is, you're supposed to read through everything. And it's like you know we live in we like our culture, our society, the way we we, we live. It's like we don't have time for that shit. You know, and like, they prey on people who don't understand, who don't read, and, well, and, and they, they they know it's well, human nature to not they prey read on these the giant people that contracts. clearly can't afford it. The yeah. fact that they're taking out that loan from you in the first place yep. means that there's absolutely no fucking way unless. They are mob bosses that are planning on just doing a hit or something and getting that yeah. kind of money. Like, there's no fucking way any human being living an honest life is going to make up that money in the time that they're supposed to right. before getting taxed and charged 195% fucking interest. Yeah. yeah. And it's, you know what? That's I, by like design. I said, I take full blame because I didn't read that, my mm-hmm. friend. It's like, I just thought because I'd only ever taken out credit cards from very reputable like banks, mm-hmm. you know, and stuff like that, that were like, you know, they still rape you on fucking interest, but it's not 195%. Yeah. And so I was thinking, well, I'm just going to work my ass off, keep it under wraps. And I'm going like, to, I, I thought that naturally, like it would be a couple months more payment in interest. Like, so it mm-hmm. would be a significant amount of interest, but not like, yeah. The way that it was, and here I was getting down to the end of it, thinking I was about to pay it off, and like, finally, oh, it, it's like the, those people that kind of like, they're afraid to go to the doctor because they know something's yeah. gonna be wrong, and so <laughs> yeah. they like hold off for a long time until they go. That's exactly how it was for me, and so I open up the fucking thing, and I like, my heart literally sank. It was like, like, and I had to go tell my parents. I was like, look, yeah. dude, like I like. I like fucked up big time and you know they're cool and they're helping me but like that, that's one of those things with me it's like I'm one of those people that didn't learn from what people taught me I had to learn from my own mistakes mm-hmm. and now I learned and and so for better or for worse like I, I can honestly say I'm not going to make that mistake again yeah. it's just shitty that I fucking had to, to, to learn it in that way it's an expensive lesson it's a very expensive lesson I went through one of those when I got right out of high school I joined some fucking pyramid scam that even though I was very skeptical skeptical about it in the beginning <laughs> but they still convinced me because they they blatantly yeah, lied to me they right. lied to you oh yeah they do and I you thought that, they can't lie to me they can't lie to you yeah they can 
<laughs> well, they did. Yeah, they and, all can. And I ended up paying $500 to join this thing, and I did everything they said I was supposed to, and I didn't get the money I was supposed to do. And, you know, I ended up, at that point, I cut my losses. Like, $500 wasn't as big of a deal. Exactly. Whereas, like, this other thing was it was going to be up to like $7,000 for a $2,600 loan. Yeah. You know, and I was like, what the fuck? And they were pulling that out, you know, bi-monthly where it was, it was like a significant amount of money to where it was like taking away from all my other bills. And so I was starting to fall behind naturally, Mm -hmm. but I'd gone on with it because I was like, okay, well, there's only so much more. There's only so much more. And they would just pull it straight from my account. It Mm -hmm. wasn't like I had to go pay it like a credit card. They had access to my account and they would just pull it. So I'd get withdrawn a lot too. So you get overdrawn charges. It's a cycle of poverty, man. But you know, you know? what? But it's you know fucking, what? It sucks. Yeah. I've learned. Yeah. And that's not even the most frivolous of all my fucking, like, I've been paying interest on credit cards for a long time for now. Like, I, 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 I haven't been paying extra. I've literally been paying just interest off on my credit cards for years, mm-hmm. as well as just frivolously spending on so many other things. And so that's my advice to anybody out there that fucking just wants something now and, uh-huh. you know, wants the easy way to fucking get it. Really, really, really fucking think and realize, like, you don't know what the fuck you're getting yourself into because you don't need that as much as you're going to need, you know, some fucking peace of mind from all of the goddamn stress that's going to come along with purchasing that fucking pair of sunglasses that you needed yeah. for that festival that put you in a, a certain <laughs> overcharged fee. I don't know. Well, yeah, no, delay, yeah, delayed gratification is a very important thing, man. And I, I don't, I, I cannot relate to some people like that who, you know, and I, I see this a lot with student loans. You're telling me you have twelve hundred bucks in your account all the time. If you don't, then you're freaking out. I said that's my floor where that's I start freaking floor. out. I, I think there may be like once or twice in my whole life where I had that much money in my yeah. account aside from what I'm spending. So yeah. we are as much very... as I'd like to not broadcast how much money I have because well, you know well, that doesn't sound like a safe thing for me. Yeah, but the, yeah, that's okay. It's okay. Um, but. Um, yeah, <laughs> but but that's but that's okay. That, you but I that. always act like I'm fucking dead broke, and that has kept me from actually being dead broke. But that's many, how many different. Times. That's how different yeah. our personalities naturally yeah. are, and that goes along with like your proactive nature too. Like where you you know you're into all the same things, but you're way more. And that's why essentially, like I thought the first person would be Phil for this is because you like me are into all this stuff, but you know these things. Like, you know the actors' names. You know all of the, like, fucking shit. You know companies. You know... You just know these things because your brain works that way and you're always in it. It's like, I have, like, a lazy side to me where I'm like, I like it, I'm into it, but I'm like... No, like, so you're kind of like the broad overview, and he's kind of the specific detail. Yeah, well, it's just a, it's just a different way of of a, a different plan of action, I guess. You know, like yeah. just two minds that complement each other well. Yeah, like you know, there's a yin and a yang to yeah. it that I think that sure. we have this rapport that I think sure. works very smoothly and works very well. Mm-hmm. You know, and where you excel at certain things, and I excel at my own things. You know, we also sure. have two. We're also two different people, which is super very important different. too, yeah. because this is always going to be two different opinions and perspectives and and life experiences we you know we both we're, we're very similar and we're good friends but we're also different enough to where shit it's not just us just jerking each other off all day no, you know absolutely. that's why i think this is gonna but be but that's good. why you were the first person that i thought about this is because i was like phil would be the person that could get this going 
and they would get this going. <laughs> they would actually be down to do it because we've yeah. talked about podcasts before, and you were right. You were talking to me about stuff about podcasts that got me really into it. And, you know, we've had these kinds of conversations and I was like, he's the one that I would want to, to have do this with me because you would definitely, you know, carry it out and be right there and be attentive and fucking, you're, you're doing a killer job at it right now. You know? For the listening audience, I am blushing like fuck right now. Cheers, brother. Cheers. <laughs> cheers, yeah. Cheers to you, man. Yeah. You too, Conrad. Thank you so much for helping us out. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I would say that was pretty good. We've gone about uh, about an hour and a half, two hours now, no, something no. like that. What's the time code say? Yeah, no, we're we're, we're we're sitting pretty at about uh, ninety five minutes. You guys want to guys want to wrap this shit up? Can yeah, I, can, yeah, I, can I mention that one thing I wanted to bring up? Oh no, please, please, by all means, go yeah, go, go right ahead. It. Well, what you guys were saying about how uh, great podcasts are, just as a tool in general mm-hmm. for people just to listen, and it's a like cathartic release mm-hmm. to other people's opinions and honesty and all that. Like, I just kind of think like, what if? Terrence McKenna had podcasts. What if Alan Watts? What if Martin? Yeah, McCain? they did though, didn't they? Or they did, they had they my, my my roommate used to listen to a lot of Terrence McKenna. Well, I think they lectures. did speeches and lectures stuff like yeah, that. But this they, this they around the world yeah. globally yeah. to make speeches to people, and now we're doing it through our computers. Sure. Yeah, and people are in perhaps Taiwan, and they'll get a hold of this. And we don't have to go anywhere. Well, like, that's goes, that's a great it, point. That's a great point. We can see further by standing on the shoulders of giants because mm-hmm. I'm exactly. a huge right. Terrence McKenna fan, yeah. and I love Alan Watts too. Nice. And and so like everything that I think collectively, or it's not that I got it from them, but I have at some point later on when I've listened to what they said because of the interconnected mind that we were talking about earlier. These are these are things that I may have realized on my own from my own experiences and from my own uh, 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 adventures and shit and doing drugs that I can go back and I can listen to the way they articulate their experiences right. and I'm like, holy fuck, yes. Yeah, there's a McKenna is, truth. you know, just basically saying what I'm thinking, but yeah. I can't quite get there yet. Right. Mm-hmm. right. But it's not to say that, you know, it's we're not gonna be able to eventually go beyond that too and explain something further. Right. Maybe not us, but who who knows? But yes, you're right, dude. Like they, yeah. yeah, if I, they had podcasts, I'm sure like how many more of them were out there then? That that would have been you know? God. That would have that's a that's a fun thought experiment. How fucking magical would it have been to really have those guys be around today, or have the technology have been around then for them to really like, record so much of their life and their thoughts and right. everything that is them yeah. for the world to see for eternity? Right. You know, there's no reason yeah. any of this goes away. I know so many of us can do that now. Yeah. I want to be able to continue on uh, as we progress with these podcasts. I definitely want to be able to just you know naturally get into those those topics of discussion because I love Duncan for that reason. Mm-hmm. Duncan gets into that stuff and he quotes a lot of Ram Dass and he quotes mm-hmm. a lot of like he does you know go into like uh, a little bit of McKenna here and there, but a lot of Ram. Yeah, actually, he does go into yeah. McKenna, no, he talks about McKenna and Roger Marcus and, and, and he does go Curly Baba and, and all those guys. And, he, and a lot of, and a lot of them do have podcasts, you know. And so then from there you can extrapolate like, right. oh fuck, how right. good would it be to hear Martin Luther King's podcast yeah. right. or something right. like that, right? Yeah, like how much more stuff has he said that none of us have heard that could have been heard if he had this? Exactly, exactly. We are in the golden age of that, this free form. Age of information. Age of information. Well, (laughs) I mean, 
the age of non-mainstream information, you know, this is right. mainstream where yeah. people would have to search for it just like they have to search for good music. Well, if I mean, you go on the, if you turn on the radio, there's probably get garbage too music. much information too. Yeah, I mean, that's the yeah. thing. You, know? you go on SoundCloud and you do some digging, you're right. going to find some good music. It's just like turning on the podcast, you know, you might, or the news, you might find fucking all of the, the media sources that just are fucking biased one, one way, but you can go listen to the Joe Rogan podcast and take you. Right. What you do, what I do is like I go on Facebook. <laughs> that's uh, that's where I go. Anything that's really important or relevant, I feel like that's an issue or controversial. Somebody's gonna post something about it on Facebook. You learn about the general topic. You go and discover it on your own. You find different sources. You mm-hmm. read about it here and there. You make your own assessment. Then you go listen. To, you you just wait like a week. And it's gonna come up on the Joe Rogan podcast for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah. His friends, and they're gonna talk about it, and you're gonna be like, "Yeah, okay." Now that I hear these two, maybe three different people discussing this sort of thing, it just helps me. It, it gives me an affirmation for what I'm already thinking, or it may completely change my mind. That's it. Other an affirmation, or or any kind of contradiction, yeah. you know. And yeah. there's a lot of people that like that that serve up that you know opinions on whatever the story of the day is. You know, when he had. I was really excited to see Philip DeFranco on his show yeah. the other day because yeah. I'm a big fan of Philip DeFranco since, you know, since I got into YouTube like in 2007. Oh, no, that guy is brilliant. I've been following him and all of this stuff, and he makes too. videos every day. Yeah. Very fair, and he's one more source for me to add to the pile. And maybe he right. had one little detail that I missed from watching Vice News, like we were just watching earlier, you know, or anything like that. You know, right. you got to consolidate all these things to get a full opinion of them. But anyways, right. I'm rambling. Um, no, but no, that's good because you do, <laughs> you do obviously stay even up to the, like I listen to NPR, I watch, you know, like when I'm driving and stuff mm-hmm. like that, or I listen to the podcast or I'll, like I said, I go on Facebook or whatever, but like you're, you know, watching the day to day shit like that. Like it, it's, it's good that you're on top of it, you know, because you're staying up to current events and I could talk to you yeah. about stuff like that. Um, and yeah, dude, it, it's, it's scary. It's a madhouse, but at the same time. In the grand scheme of things, it's not that scary. We'll get through it. We're gonna get. We're gonna get around. Oh it. yeah, no, we're gonna, gonna be okay. Man. We're gonna be okay. And this is one this is another. one more outlet for us to to, to continue to that. be okay. If there you is know? one, if there is one objective that I have for this podcast is to get people to truly focus on being passionate about something and expressing themselves, but to also understand that there is more good in this world than there is bad. Could yeah. not because agree if with there more. is not if there if that weren't the case then we would have already been destroyed. Mm-hmm. It, honestly there is still more good in humans and there's just a bunch of misunderstanding for a lot of things and if I can do anything it's just trying to get us to listen and love each other and try to accept each other for our differences no matter what and understand that we can have different opinions on things and we could still live harmoniously together and encourage and build each other up. And that is all I have to say. I think that is a beautiful (laughs) spot to end it, man. All right. Well, cheers, guys. Cheers. 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 Woo. Cool.